Welcome to Equipus Church Dunedin. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Will Levy. For more information, check out equipuschurch.com. Well, kia ora, good morning. It's good to be here in church. Man, who loved the, the Ha song? How good was that? Man, I loved that song. And uh, you can actually download that on um, all, um, you know, Spotify or iTunes or whatever and crank it up, turn it up in, in your car and, and, and worship along. We're all, yeah, that's good, good. All right. We were driving somewhere last night and we were cranking up songs with the kids and it was great. Humorous, but great as well. It was all good. Well, welcome to church this morning. It is great to have you here. And our heart, as always, is that you would know the love and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And if there's anything that we can do to connect you and, and answer any questions around who, who Jesus is, we would love to share that with you. And so, you know, I do encourage you to get connected into the life of the church. Keep coming along. And I would love to uh, lead you to a place of salvation in Jesus. And so welcome to church this morning. We're actually in a series, if you're visiting, or if this is your first time to church, um, or if you haven't been for a couple of months, uh, <laughs> uh, we're doing a series called What Works. And uh, there's been a few, a few uh, topics out there that we've done. Uh, I, I love the fact that we started off What Works with kindness. Who agrees that kindness works? Kindness works, nothing like living a life of kindness. Many other areas that we've shared and talked about, praise works. Who knows that praise works as we choose to praise God and lift up Him, glorify Him above our situation. Praise works. You know, the principles of God work. Amen? God will not be mocked. If He has said something, the promises of God are a yes and an amen, and so the principles of God work. Community works. We heard some great tag preaching in and around community works. Surrender works. We heard about that um, last week as well. Um, other topics we've heard about is generosity, giving, all of those things. All of those things work. Amen. But I, I shared also last week, I said a vacuum cleaner works as well. But only if you plug it in and pick it up and use it, right? Uh, any, anyone saying amen this morning? Uh, like who needs the vacuum? Who needs the, who needs the carpet vacuumed at home right now? Shoot your hand up. All right, cool, cool. All right, a few people, yeah. All right, well, get, get onto it. Apply, apply the vacuum cleaner into your life, and it will work. But all these things, all of these topics, um, they are all great things of God if we actually pick them up and step into them, because otherwise they're just, they're just sitting in the cupboard, right? They're just really just sitting in the cupboard, not really doing a whole lot, not really achieving the purpose what they've been called and created to. They've been sitting in the cupboard and, and just locked away sometimes. Who, who, like, who goes into the cupboard sometimes and you've seen those? Have you ever shifted house? And you've brought boxes? And you're 10 years into the new house and that box is still not even unpacked? Like, I dare you. Don't even open it. Just grab it and throw it away. I dare you. Could you imagine? Well, you haven't used it. You haven't needed it. Just get it, throw it out, and you'll have more, more, more cupboard space. I mean, we're really good in church. We find any room and we keep everything. There is rubbish from here to there. You know, we've got this thing in, 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 in the process of when we're, when we're trying to purchase something. It's like, have you checked the resource cupboard? Is it the resource cupboard or, or, or storage room or something? Have you checked that we don't have that? 
before we actually go and buy it again. Uh, anyway, I digress a little bit. I digress. Well, maybe we need to do a, a spring clean and have everyone here. And uh, Amen. It'll be like, that's heart week right there. Heart week would be there like just to look after the church building, the church building, the church building. But there's lots of things that we can apply into our lives if we want to. We can take the Word of God and we can read stuff and we go, yes, we can agree with it. But it's not until we activate it or use it in our world that it starts to work. Um, and so the challenge is now is to go, well, what, God, what are you saying to me? How, what, what are the things you're wanting me to apply? Here's the thing. He wants you to apply all of it because we're coming more and more like Christ. But I want my topic this morning, like what's another thing that works? You know, picking more things out of the thing. Well, what's another topic that, that works that we can encourage the church with them? And here's, here's, I think this is one of the greatest topics that we could actually choose. And the topic is you. You work. Do you know that you work? You work. I'm not saying you work from nine to five and you get money. No, you work. God created you. God created you for a purpose and a calling and a passion. He's created you. He's gifted you. He's graced you. You work. In Romans chapter 12, we can read, and in, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 12 also, we can read around the, how he's created you to work, the different grace and the different giftings and all that, but you work. He's created you and he's called you and he's appointed you by name. You work. You work, but, but hold on a second. Some of us are living our lives in the closet, just waiting, waiting to be going, oh, okay, uh, like the vacuum cleaner, next to the vacuum cleaner. Just going, waiting for God to say it's time to be used. No, here's the thing. Just take the door off the hinges. Let's, 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 like, uh, uh, I should have used a different example, but I was going to say, let's come out of the closet. (laughs) And let's be used by God. Amen. Amen. There's There's a scripture that we use a lot. There's amazing scripture that we use. And it's in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20. And, and we've, we, we, you know, without, without a doubt, within every month, I would say the scripture comes up in church sometimes. And it's Ephesians chapter 3, 20. It says, now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work, at work within us to accomplish infinitely more that we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever. And forever. That's a great scripture, right? We believe that God can do amazing things. But here's the thing. It says, at work, within us. Within us. And then because it's it's the end of chapter 3, verse 20 and 21, we stop reading there, don't we? I'm one of those. I have have a little, um, uh, I like going through the numbers. I like trying to read the Bible past chapters past scriptures because they all linked like when Paul wrote this letter while he was in prison he didn't write it he's like okay chapter two okay chapter three no that was put in there later on so that we could reference things uh, reference scriptures earlier so there's this there's this reading through and so I'll read 21 and then we'll go into verse uh, into chapter four it says glory to him and God and Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever amen therefore Paul's saying, therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, 
beg you, beg you to live a life worthy of your calling for you have been called by God. Always be humble, gentle, patient with each other, making allowances for each other's fault because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourself united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. Paul's there and he's like, he's shared about Ephesians 3.20, about how the glory of God and the power of God is at work within your life. But the very next thing he says, I beg you. He's in prison and he's like, I beg you to use your life for Jesus. His, and here's the thing is this this beg is not just like a hey um can you can you spare spare me a hamburger or can you spare me some food so, like a homeless person might be is like just that's like just like just like a small little oh you know so many people going past and maybe this time someone might give me something I don't know this is like just a maybe if I just throw it out there something might happen no this 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 word is uh, parakaleo in the Greek, and it's this this deep begging. It's this it, 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 says, it, it says to call to one side to summon someone, or it, it goes on. It says, um, in, in in the descriptions as I look this word up is to admonish or exhort someone. It's to to uh, entreat or beseech someone. There's there's this to strive or appease or entreat, to console, to encourage, to strengthen by, um, uh, and to comfort, to receive um, consolation, be comforted, to encourage, strengthen, exhort, comfort. He's, like, he's coming to this place where of, of begging to go, you know what, you can do it. You don't, don't just live your life as you're like, I'm uncertain or I'm, I'm unsure. And see, that's the thing is, this topic this morning is, is dear to my heart because I love encouraging people. You can do it. You can do it. And this is, this is what Paul's saying here. He's like, I beg you. I beg you to live your life with the call and the passion of what God and Jesus has placed in you, how he's created. I beg you. You know, this morning, I want to I beg you. I want to beg you. Live your life. Live your life with that passion and that grace and that call and that purpose of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, see the dream of the Kiwi is the boat, the batch, the budgie. I always put the budgie in there because it sort of rhymes or it's better than the boat, the batch, the dog. You know, we, we have this dream of we need, to, we need to buy the boat, or buy the batch, buy the budgie, whatever. We have this dream of, you know, we talk about retirement. I want to retire by the time I'm age 46. This next year. <laughs> we have this dream, and we're, we're passionate about, and you should be. You should have wisdom about, you know, your, your like, um, finances and all that, and I'm not saying that's not right, but what are you passionate about? Because what you're passionate about will create your purpose. And, and this morning, I want to beg you, as a believer and as a Christian of, uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ, I beg you to leave a, lead a life 
worthy of the calling for you have been called by God. You've been called by God. Not, not just, not been created, just the DNA by your mum and dad. No, you've been called by God. The, the, the heavenly father, the Lord of lords and the king of kings, the creator of the world. You've been called by him. He's made you in his image. And sometimes we forget about this and we, we live our lives uh, according to the things and the needs that, that come before us. And, and suddenly we've got passion about this area and somewhere we've got passion and sometimes we just go off. And there's nothing wrong with having the, the, the boat, the batch and the budgie, by the way. There's nothing wrong with that. But is it, is it coming in behind of the very call and the purpose of what God has called you into this morning, I'm not saying you all have to resign and, 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 and change your jobs or anything like that because you might be called into that area and probably you are. But is there a foundation or is there a motive of, of it's I'm wanting to outwork the very call of God that is on my life? I love this. I love, I love, I love how Paul structures his letters and all that because it says, yeah, like, I beg you, I beg you, I beg you. To lead a life worthy of the calling, for you have been called by God. And the first instruction, the very first instruction he gives after begging and, and thinking that you've said yes and you're agreed with him, is that he says just always be humble and gentle. You know, for, for us to work, for us to step into the very call and the grace of God in our lives, we have to apply always be humble and always be gentle. Amen few quiet amens out there. That's a hard thing. Why? Because we're human. I don't like always being humble and gentle. I Sometimes I think people are idiots. Just, uh, I'm the only honor. Sometimes we think people are, sometimes we have challenges with one another. Sometimes, that's, that's the church. The church is made up of fallen people, people trying to figure their lives out, working through the different things in their world, and, and that's the church. I think it's, it's a myth that we're going to have this amazing one-day butterfly church, I don't know what you call it, where everyone's just happy, clappy, and loving. I mean, I pray that we have that culture, but there's stuff that people are going to be going through. And truly, if we're reaching into the world and the community, there's going to be hurt people that come in. There's going to be places that we're going to have to be always gentle, humble at heart. There's going to be times where your preference is not going to be liked. Should I hmm. You know, we did... Today, Moldy week last week we celebrated that, and and even today we did ha. You know, someone sent an email to every single Equippers church, bagging it theologi theologically. Do you know, I wasn't didn't want to be humble and gentle at heart. I wanted to reply. I wanted to give them a few thoughts of my own. I was like, we're always going to have areas that people are going to try and push into. But God says, I beg you, Paul says, I beg you to leave a life worthy of the calling of God. But then he follows it up with always being humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's fault because of your love. You work. You do work. Your life works. God's called you. You work. 
but people are trying to make it that you don't work. They make it, they make it that you don't work through offence, through, through hurt, disappointment, pain, disillusionment. There's, there's lots of things. Whenever you get challenged from within a humility and a gentleness and a patience, that all the things that are trying to make you not work. Like, if, I don't know why I picked the vacuum cleaner. Maybe it's anointed by God. But sometimes you've got to empty the rubbish bag. Sometimes you've got to change the filters. You know, for, for us to work sufficiently in the call of God in our lives, sometimes we're going to have to go to God and say, God, change my filter. Change the rubbish bag that I've had to suck up. We do the vacuum cleaner series next. But even this morning, I beg you, I, I tell you, God works. You've ever been disappointed? Yeah, I get it. Same. You've got something that's holding you back right now? I get it. But maybe this morning you can let the grace of God come and move in your life. Don't let anything hold you back. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body, one spirit, just as you have been called by the glory, glory, glorious hope for the future. So moving on, no, the, you've got a personal call. You're pers- you've personally been called by God. Not, not a church, not just not a group of people. Excuse me. You personally. If I go through this room, say your names. Maybe I get 90%. Might not get everyone's. But I could say your name. You work. God's called you. You work. In, in Isaiah chapter 43, it says this. But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you. This is a prophetic declaration. This is, this is the Lord speaking to his chosen people, but make this personal. Make this personal for you. He says this, do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You know, a lot of the times we, we don't work because we're afraid. What are we afraid of? We're afraid of getting hurt again. We're afraid of being disappointed again. We're afraid of maybe being humiliated. We're afraid of many, many things. But the Lord says here, do not be afraid. Come on, what are you afraid of right now that the Lord's saying, do not be afraid of? And if there is fear there, come on, as we go through this this morning, he wants to take that and he wants to show you how he's wrapped it up and taken it for you. For I have ransomed you. See, he says this, do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. What was the ransom? The ransom was Jesus Christ on the cross. That was the ransom. And so any time where fear will try and enter into your life, disappointment, hurt, pain, fear, failure, humility, whatever it is, you've just got to stand before the cross and go, Lord, thank you for your ransom. The Bible says that he took all our iniquities, all our fear, all our failures on the cross. But the thing is, we've got to, We've got to acknowledge the cross. We've got to acknowledge what Jesus did on the cross when he died and he rose again victorious. No, he's ransomed you. He has ransomed you. I, and so don't be afraid. I've ransomed you. And look what else he does. He says, I have called you by name. You are mine. Come this morning, you're his. 
you're his. Tonight, there's some people getting baptized. Guess what? You're his. You're not your own. You're his. You're Jesus's. He's ransomed you. You're declaring publicly tonight that you've given your heart to Jesus and he's your Lord and Savior. He's ransomed you. It says this going through though. It says, when you go through the deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through the rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you, go, when you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned. Who's enjoying these scriptures right now? It's not, it's not saying if you. <laughs> it's saying when. Because the Lord knows the fallen world that we live in and he knows what the devil tries to do. There's going to be areas and there's going to be challenges that are going to try and hold you back and, and, and get you ineffective and, and not working out the call of God on your life. But if we bring it to the cross, if we understand the ransom of Jesus and understand the personal call of God, sometimes it's hard to fathom. Sometimes it's hard to understand that that, 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 that in, an, in a world of how many billion people, God can know you. And um, in Matthew, I think it's chapter five or six, he's talking about prayer and the Sermon on the Mount. He says he even knows the number of hairs on your head. You know, we can do the joke, some people, that's easy for some people. Why don't you turn to someone right now and just start counting? One, two, three. If there's anything in there, pick them out. That's a bit gross. But, but it's the detail. It's, it's the amount of detail and intimacy that God has, has of you. He's personally called you. Um, goes on and it says, For I, the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior, I gave Egypt as a ransom for your freedom. Come and there's that word again, ransom. Ransom. Jesus has paid the price. He's paid the ransom. You've ever seen a Hollywood movie of a kidnapping movie or something like that and there's always a ransom to be paid. Come on, he's paid the ransom for you. I gave Ethiopian and Seba in your place. Others were given in exchange for you. I traded their lives for yours because you are precious to me. You are honored and I love you. Do not be afraid for I am with you. I will gather you, your children, from, as, from the east and the west. Can you know you're precious? You're so precious to Jesus. You're so precious. But don't let fear get in the way. Always let humility and gentleness be patient in each other, making allowances for each other's faults. You'll get hurt in life. But don't let it then become the filters that you work or try that hold you back. You know, you're so precious to Jesus. He knows everything about you. And there's, there's an amazing, beautiful Psalm, Psalm 139. And it just shows the detail and the, and, and the heart 
of the Lord. And it says this, O Lord, you have examined my heart. And this is David, obviously, writing this psalm. And, and it says, Lord, you have examined my heart and you know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up, you know my thoughts even when I'm far away. Have you ever felt far away from God? Have you ever felt distant? I have. There's been lots of times where I've felt distant from God. And then I realize that He still knows me. He still knows you. Sometimes we feel like we're far away from God, but the reality is what I've always learned is He's always close enough when you reach out. He'll always be there when you reach out. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home, you know everything I do. You know what I am going to say even before I say it. Lord, you, Lord, you go before me and, and follow me. You'll place, you place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. Isn't it? It's, quite, it's too hard to understand sometimes the, the preciousness and the, and, the, uh, and the intimacy that God has and wants with you. Um, verse 7, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride on the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the furthest ocean, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in the darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me, knitted me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. Come on, are you picking up the spirit of the psalm? He loves you. He knows you. You watched me as I was being formed in, in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment laid out before a single day has passed. You know, have you, you know, when you, one day when you've been, we, we might, you'll turn 21 or you've been 21, and mum and dad have got out the scrapbook. You know, these are the articles that were written. These were the sporting achievements. These were the academic achievements. This is the first time you rode a bike. This is the first time you fell off a bike. This is the first time we gave you, you got stitches all around the bike. There's many, many times, there's, there's, that, there's that scrapbook of life, of, of all the good things. And this is what the Lord is talking about. He knows everything about you. Everything recorded. Verse 17, how precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God? They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And, and when I wake up, you are still with me. O oh God, if you, are, if you would destroy the wicked, get out of my life, you murderers. It sort of changes tack a little bit here. <laughs> they blaspheme you. Your enemies misuse your name. O oh Lord, shouldn't I hate those who hate you? Shouldn't I despise those who oppose you? Yes, I hate them with total hatred. Told you it changed tack. For your enemies are my enemies. Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. Test me and know any, any my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you. And lead me along the path of, ever, path of everlasting life. And what an amazing psalm to to just read in your, uh, in regularly in your devotion, 
just knowing the intimacy that God has in you. No, he, you work. His, how precious are His thoughts about you? You work. But the problem is, is we, we go through these challenges of fear. We go through these challenges of, 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 of we f- think we have holes or, 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 or cracks in, in our lives that, 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 that we're not perfect. Yeah, you're not perfect. But it doesn't mean you can't function. See, when I was away at, um, at um, school camp with Harper, there was this team building ex- exercise. And they had this bucket. And this bucket had a whole lot of holes drilled out of it and some cracks and shapes and all that. And one of the things was is that they had, to, they had to figure out how to plug up all the holes. And so that then they'd pour water into the bucket and, and they would be able to team build and take it from one place and try and fill up uh, another bucket on the other side. And so this bucket had a number of holes and all the kids had to, some of them used their fingers to stick in there. Some were trying their toes, but that was problematic. It was very hard to move there. Um, some people went and found twigs and leaves and other things to, and stones and rocks and sand and all this to try and pull the, put, put their, plug all the holes so that the, so it would work. And, and the, you know, we get all these things. And so they did this and some of the teams did really, really well. But, you know, we live our lives like that sometimes. We live our lives thinking, you know, until I've fixed this hole, I'm not functionable. And, and, we, and we think, oh, and, 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 oh hold on, this, not just this hole, there's another hole. Or there's another inadequacy, or there's another gap, or there's another fear, or another failure. And suddenly we have this bucket of holes, and we pour water in it, and we feel like everything just flows out real quickly. But this is, this is the thing is, I want to tell you, newsflash, newsflash, you're, you're always going to have holes. You, 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 you're not ever going to be fully fully in your own ability, you're never ever going to be fully functional. But this is the picture of, of, of the grace of God. See, the grace of God comes and, 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 and in the anointing of God, what happens is it's like Jesus Christ comes and he, and he wraps a massive bandage around the outside of the bucket. And suddenly that inadequacy of that fear over here, Jesus covers that by his grace. And then it goes around the, and he covers that hole by his grace. And, it covers, and then suddenly... We look at our lives and there's areas, there's still going to be areas of challenge and there's always going to be areas of, but the grace of God covers that. And, and we can pour the water into it and suddenly what happens is as we walk with Jesus and he works with us, that's the message version of Matthew chapter 11, we, we suddenly start to see we are functional. But we're functional by the grace of God. Take away the grace of God, we've still got the gaps, we've still got the holes, we've still got the fears, still got the failures. But it's applying the grace of God into our lives. Going back to Isaiah 43, verses 1 to 5. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. Just do not be afraid because he's just wrapping himself around you. He, just, he, he knows everything about you. Here's this one thing you'll never, ever, 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 ever be able to do. You'll never, ever be able to surprise God because he knows. You know, oh, yeah, I know. But what about, yeah, I know. Well, you have kept that one hidden for a while, but, yeah, oh, but God, you don't know. Nah, I know. He knows. He knows. But it's letting, letting our humility and gentleness and humbleness at heart 
Music team, you guys can jump up, please. You work. You work. I'd love to walk around this room and look you in the eyes and tell you you work. Tell you you'll do it, you can do it. Tell you to step into everything that God's called you to do. You just can't, not for the sake of time, but but this is God ministering to you. You've got to listen to the voice of God. You know, a pastor's job is to shepherd and nurture and point people to Jesus. Because it's the relationship with Jesus. And Jesus, he just wants to remind you today, you work. He knows Psalm 139. He knows everything about you. Oh, but I've got this. Oh, sh- See, I would never be able to be God. I'd just be so impatient. But God's patient. He's loving. He never forces himself upon anyone. He's ready and waiting. My own personal revelation is just knowing that Jesus is always going to be there, ready to reach out and lift you up in challenging times. Why? Because it's the promise of God. Don't be afraid. For I have ransomed you. I've called you by name. You're going to go through all these things. But he says this, For I, the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior, am with you. Now he's with you. You might be going through a lot of challenges right now and you might be distracted. You, you, you might be unsure of what he's called you to do. Just go to him. The end of Psalm 139 is amazing because it has this unbelievable question where David says to the Lord, Lord, point out. <laughs> I wanted to take that further. <laughs> oh, it happened. No, anyway. That was unbelievably perfect timing, wasn't it? <laughs> perfect timing. He's practicing for the mission trip. It's awesome. <sighs> He's called you by name. But he has this, he answers, asks this question, unbelievable question. He says, Lord, point out anything in my life that offends you. I always think that's Man, when I read that for the first time years ago, I was like, man, that's an amazing question. Because suddenly it's like, it's like this list. Like, But who's the one who creates that list? It's us. We create that list. We think, oh, I've got this gap. This, I'm not this. I'm not that. I'm not. We have this amazing list. But here's the thing is, God wrote the list, the first 22 scriptures of that psalm. He wrote out how much He loves you. He wrote out how much He's for you, how much He's, 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 he's believing for you. you know, he wrote out how He's created you and made you. And your list is the list that you come up with. 
He just goes, oh, give me that list. And he doesn't nullify it. He doesn't disqualify it because feelings are real. But what he does is he says, my grace is sufficient for you. If you're gentle and you're humble at heart and you'll reach out to me, I'll, get, I'll cover all of that. I'll cover all of that. Psalm 71, 19 to 21. Your righteousness, O God, reaches to the highest heavens. You have done such wonderful things. Who can compare with you, O God? You have allowed me to suffer much hardship, but you will restore me to life again and lift me up from the depths of the earth. You will restore me to even greater honor and comfort me once again. What an amazing promise. What a beautiful thing this morning that even though you're going to experience some stuff in your life, you're going to experience some of those challenges, it says as He will lift you up from the depths of the earth and He will restore you to even greater honor. The pathway through to this is humility and gentle at heart. I want to tell you something, a little secret. Stop being so hard on yourself. Don't ignore things. Because if there's some areas in your life, don't, don't just throw them to the side. But have the grace enough for yourself to say, Lord, I need help. Come, I come to you. Don't be so hard on yourself. God's called you. He's anointed you. I want to finish with this. Psalm 40 says this, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, and He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud, out of the mire, and He set my feet on solid ground. And He steadied me as I walked along. Come on, can you picture this for you this morning? Can you picture this for how God's called you to work? He has given me a new song to sing a hymn of praise to our God. And many will see what is, what has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. See, I love, I love the essence of this passage of Scripture because it's so personal to every individual. But I love the outcome of this Scripture. Because when we, we come to God and we say, Jesus, help me with this. Help me with this. I need you here. I need you over this area of my life. I need you here. It says, many will see what you have done. There's many challenges that I go through as a human being. And I'm walking through them. But it's really, I get amazed how many people come and ask me about. Generally, most of the stuff I've super struggled with. And, was, and I can say, God, this is how. And then they see the reflection. It's not perfect, but there's many areas that I've been working through. And that's called a testimony. See, your testimony works. What you've gone through works. You might think you've been through some stuff which is horrible, and yes, that is. But what God has done and how He's wrapped you up 
and how He's graced and anointed you, you can then share the amazing testimony of the love of God over your life. Why don't we stand to our feet and we're going to pray and finish. I mean, He restores my soul. Thank you for listening to this message recorded live at Equipus Church, Dunedin. We pray that it blessed you. For more information, please check out equipuschurch.com.